guys um welcome again to my podcast i mean i'm not kidding this is the third time i'm recording this shit <laughs> the other one was great but then i was breathing like a horse i don't know um so i'll try to try to control my breathing and i hope i don't get background noises i didn't learn how to to edit the noises my god it's gonna be like on a whatever you know it's not that bad is it or is it so I am going on with my pregnancy story of um, the previous podcast that I I made I mean I posted um, the whatever the day before yesterday I don't even know what's happening to me like the way I'm going on a roll and then it gets to a point that I don't have anything else to say. Santa Sema. <laughs> but I don't I, I hope I never run out of shit to say. Because I talk too damn much. I'm a talker. I'm the kind of person that talks. Um so with me talking, I it helps me release a lot of of shit that I would otherwise have piling up inside me and all that and all that, you know. And healing I don't know healing is a whole other thing for me that I've never really understood because I think healing needs action it needs you to actively I don't know what the hell you're supposed to do me I think where I need fika in my in my life and self improvement I've gotten to the point of no one self-awareness and that comes from Staying quietly alone and revisiting some kind of this this episodes and thoughts and correcting yourself in your head of of some of the things that you did and some of the choices that you made and some of the things that you said you know and um, calling that out and calling whatever it is as is you know and um, from there it's you purpose to change that to change how this and this and that you know but then when it comes to healing it involves let's say the people that caused you that kind of pain and having to confront them um in this thing in itoje when I, I did aa so i got to step four imagine such a shame that i only got to step four um i don't know if it's step four or five there's a step where you have to go and apologize to the people that you have harmed in your addiction or in Okay, so in A they're gonna say it's addiction but me I'm saying all in life and also maybe you need to confront the people that hurt you and I'm not good at confrontation to be honest so I'm up that's why I've, I've stalled that because I'm not good at confrontation I just keep quiet and you know like I avoid that person or I just leave them alone but then I don't know we'll, we'll learn when you get there I think I gave myself I like to give myself time for things, you know, it's not a rush. I mean, I'll get there. So, you know, I digress. Let me go back to my having a baby at 20 years old story. So, from the previous take, I actually unearthed something. And I unearthed the fact that I was angry. And that's the reason why I never got along with anyone. And that's the reason why... I father and father completely pushed uh, my baby daddy away. Not to say that he didn't have his faults, but I I pushed him away because I was angry at him. I was angry at him for number one I felt like 
uh, you know, you're gonna walk out of here. You're gonna go back to school. First of all, oh, I was in the same school with him, but we were doing different courses. So you're gonna go back to that school, and nobody's gonna know that you have a kid unless you tell them. You're gonna go on with your life. You're gonna go to the parties that we used to go to. You're gonna go. Nothing about you is going to change, but everything about mine has changed, and I was so upset with that. I remember, like, um, I think I left the hospital on a what? If I stayed five days from Saturday, so when did I leave? Let's say, like, on a Friday or some shit. I'm not sure. And then he rings me, he's like, oh, I'm going to be going out. That pissed me off. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you're not at home miserable like me, <laughs> you know? What do you mean you can afford to go to a party? So I was like, all right, sure, you go. But it was that one of fuck you go, you know. And then he didn't call me for until Monday, and I'm like, okay, I don't even want you to call me now at all, because that's the kind of person that I am. I don't want to even confront the issue of why you didn't call me in the two days. I just don't want to talk to you ever again. Bye. And that is how I deal with issues, <laughs> and how I deal with people. And so. I think that was when we were done, 100%. And I didn't see him for another, I think. No, I saw him. I think he came to see my baby once. And then after that, I didn't see him for another two years. <laughs> well, so let's go back to me leaving the hospital. First of all, let's go back to that first night, that Tuesday, where I had the longest night yo why don't kids like to sleep (laughs) literally that's the only job you have to do just eat and sleep why don't you just do it you know don't cry so i had never number one i always before then i'd always openly say that i'm not a kid's person i'd never fucked with kids even like say ever seen like when you're walking in the estate and you see a baby and your your friend is making baby faces me i'd be like what just walk past a kid like i'd never seen this motherfucker you know so i'd openly said it so many times that i'm not a baby person oh my god i hope the plane doesn't come into this i hope the sound of that plane doesn't get here (laughs) i don't know how to edit this shit and so i had openly said that um I don't I don't fuck with kids, you know, and here I'm pregnant now I have to fuck with kids. I have to know. So number one I didn't know how to okay, but I had two younger sisters and um the they were born when I was my one I was nine years old and one was born and the other one I was eleven years old. So I knew a thing. A thing. I don't know what I knew, but I knew kids when they're small. I've I'd held babies when they were small. And so, oh, here I am. I've, you know, the nurse takes me back to my room. And she brings the baby with her. And I'm like, why, you know? So, that first night, I, I don't remember the day. So, a lot of stories here from me leaving the hospital in the first two years of my baby's life are kind of murky. I, I don't remember a lot of the stories because number one my uh, the mental state that I was in and I, I just 
don't remember a lot okay and so the first night was so long i remember just hating that nurse i'm not kidding i hated that nurse i was like because i spent monday alone so if it was a different nurse they wouldn't care you know so i was like fuck this you know and now i had to breastfeed i think i breastfed during the day but then I don't know if people are told this when they go for clinic visits because I didn't go. But breastfeeding is hell. It is the most, if not, it's one of the most painful things out there. It's like, what? Your tits on fire. And then the kids, you know, it's a baby and, you know, this is their source of food. Like the, the baby's fighting with the tit. <laughs> You know, it's like a war going on. And then now your tits, because it's, you know, they're not used to producing food. The pores, I think, are not open, all of them or whatever. So maybe the food is, the milk is coming out. Um, kidogo, kidogo. So this kid wants more and this tit is not producing in the way the kid wants more. So it's a fight. I'm not kidding. I used to like cry, but kindani dani, you know, I'm a soldier. So I remember that night and trying to sleep and I couldn't sleep because this baby is waking up in intervals of like 30 minutes and fighting my tit. <laughs> and so I remember breastfeeding like I want to breastfeed this kid so that he sleeps but I also don't want to breastfeed him because it's so painful, you know, and <sighs> that was a long night. And so were the rest of the nights and I think the pain for breastfeeding goes up to like was it two weeks I'm not even exaggerating it, it takes a while I'm not kidding so yeah um, I left the hospital after five days and I remember being very protective of my kid then especially because I was in June it was cold but the baby my, his dad let's just call him his dad his dad has had brought him one of the most warmest blankets I'd ever met, I've ever seen. And I hope it's still around so so that I can keep it for myself, you know. I'll try and find it. And so I covered him in that. You know, you know those mom, you know those moms who usually cover their kids in like ten blankets. I was those. <laughs> one time my baby daddy came, he's like, "Why are you doing all this?" I'm like. You not see this people opening all the windows at 6 a.m. I don't know which a.m. This the windows are open, and I'm like, yo, we're freezing. It's in the middle of June. Oh God! So you know, diaper changing, this, this, that, that. You know what? That was cute. I I kind of remember him a bit, a bit. It was cute. It was cute though. It's such a shame that. I missed so many of those moments because I was in my own zone. That's what I can say. Because um, these kids, you know, they just from I think I was watching something where they say with kids, it's not, there's no rehearsal. Maybe that's what I, I went wrong. I thought, you know, that it's their kid. You know, I'll start showing up um, much later. You know. 
but it's from the get go you know they just need love and and just look at them a bit more you know play with them you know just be a bit more caring so i was a mom i breastfed i changed diapers i cleaned him but i never give that extra that extra. i was waiting to be done and just put him down you know and that was because i was angry and as i said i realized when i was making the video that i didn't i mean not the video the the audio that i didn't post because i was breathing like a horse that i was angry and more importantly in hindsight now i was angry at myself and all i did was project my anger on everyone else and so i was unbearable i was you couldn't want to be around me i was like he just couldn't stand me and i think the person that got hit the most um by all my anger was my mom and i haven't i realized this yesterday because she she got any kind of words that i had to bring up i mean i'm from an african home i don't go insulting my parents please but i i just was mean i was so mean and um my mom is also kind of aloof in her own way so she's like uh uh-uh, uh i'm not dealing with that but also most times she did try to reach out but then she also got you know she got fire from me and i think she was the most hit from out of all the people she she received more of my anger and i don't know why i mean you know i was angry at myself more than i was angry at anyone more than i was angry at even my baby daddy you know and um, something that i should have i mean i didn't know better then now i do know better and of course i'm never uh I'll do different you know i do different nowadays whenever i let's say i feel some kind of frustration or some anger inside me i i I try not to project it because it's just an innocent bystander just catching a stray <laughs> you know and so um I left I was with my baby from then on and he was the cutest sometimes I look at him and I'm like Jesus can you just go back to to you being a baby <laughs> now he's all grown and he's 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 his own person though now it's um it's strange that now is when i am fully 100% committed to my kid no now no one's fucking with him mm no no i'm there 100% and um and this is one of the thing that i like to say when people i i thought something was wrong with me cuz oh you know motherly instincts kick in right away and you know it's it's like a force you can't control and how you just engulf your feelings in your kid you and your kid bond and it's like the strongest bond it wasn't like that for me it took so many years i think from age um from when i got out of rehab let's say when he was 6 imagine 6 years old till now that's 2 years i've only had like good 2 years with him and 
I feel like the bond and I feel like the the motherly love and the the sacrifice that I would do anything for you to have a life you know to to survive you know they like mothers would take me first and leave my kids now more than ever I want to live so here's the thing um in my in my life I've, I've gone through a lot so which is, we'll talk about I mean I'll talk about in my in this podcast and in those moments there's moments where I was like I could just die you know I could just die now and that was from a very very selfish perspective if I think about it because and then die and then what what the hell is going to happen to my baby you know what the hell and so now more than ever i have a will to live every time i'm praying i'm like god just keep me alive i want to see my son grow up i want to see my son get educated i want to see my son be independent i want to see his girlfriends i want to see you know i want to see him his talents i want to see him manifest what what does he end up doing you know what kind of person does he end up becoming i want to be there and i want to see it now more than ever i pray to not leave this earth <laughs> i'm not even kidding you but before like oh i could go you know this may be better outside that was selfish in my opinion and i'm glad that i i got out of it in just the same I got out of it and had to see life very clearly, you know. Well, um back to I keep digressing, don't I? Mm, back to after I've left the hospital, I spent the first two years breastfeeding. So, okay. Let's go with the postpartum depression bit. So, here's the thing. Mine's not diagnosed because number one, um let's understand that I'm, I was not trying to be expensive like I said in my previous podcast so any extra cost incurred I didn't want to so I'm not even kidding my first year of uni my dad paid the whole fee like in, in excitement you know that excitement like yo my, my daughter is in college I mean in uni Jesus why do I sound like American my daughter is in university and the exam is like I'll pay for the whole year I want you to go study and blah 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 and guess what this bitch comes out with a baby so already i was very very disappointed about that um i disappointed myself and i felt like i disappointed my dad despite the fact that my dad was over the moon which is story that was being told yeah so immediately got the phone call this is a story that was being told so he was out he was at the bar drinking day drinking i think it was a sunday obviously and um so he got the call from my mom my mom my mom later came she was waiting outside the theater and everything so i was i wasn't aware so but i saw her when i was being stretched out <laughs> i saw her just standing outside there and so of course when the baby came my, my mom got the information and so she rang my dad and my dad is like i'm a granddad you know he was out of over the moon and it's like you get a drink is buying everyone booze and you you know going crazy and then someone was like yo we've been grandpas i mean my sister was there i think she overheard one of those things i think she was getting something from him 
So she had one person, I think, who had who was sick of hearing about this newly new granddad going on about how he's a granddad. And he goes, "Yo, some of us have been grandparents for a minute, and you don't see us <laughs> going crazy." But my dad was so excited that to be called a grandparent. But still, I felt like I had disappointed him, you know. And so, um, the reason why I didn't reach out about what was going on in my mind, in my mental, whatever state, number one, I wasn't aware of it going on. I just felt I was continuing the, you know, the past nine months and how I've been, and also the fact that I just didn't know. I just thought I'd just turned evil, <laughs> and it was I was normal. I just thought that was the new me, you know. And also the fact that I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not confrontational, so I'm also not a talker, especially to people that, this is why I'd rather make this podcast than go head to head and tell my mom that I'm sorry that I did this and this and this. Um, so of course I couldn't go and open up and say, no, I don't think I felt so good, I don't think I'm okay in my head, I don't think... Um, the motherly instincts are coming in. I don't think I feel this baby like I'm supposed to feel this baby, you know. And so I, I never spoke, so I never got any help, you know. And so for the first six months, I stayed at home, breastfeeding, taking care of the baby. And I'll say this. Sometimes I tell people like I wouldn't have it any other way. Not the whole thing. The fact that I was at home and having my mom, my mom came the row for me. 100% the same person that caught the right you know she caught so much fire from me I think she's an empath she understood maybe where I came from and so she just didn't she didn't bother catching feelings from it you know and so she came through she used to you know like I remember the first night I came home and a few nights there she's like you go sleep I'll stay up with the kid and it's not something when I was in hospital for five days nobody did that for me and so I just felt I felt the love and I felt the support I felt it from her and um, she did come through it that's why I I tell people I wouldn't have it any other way because imagine like living with a a man I mean given they say they have to go to work in the morning but which nigga is saying you sleep, I'll take care of the kid. Or which nigga is saying, let me clean this baby's clothes, you rest, you know. You'll still be tasked with the to cook. <gasps> Auntie what? Auntie Mimi? <laughs> I'm pregnant. No, I'm not pregnant. I'm having a newborn baby. And I still have to think about what you eat. You're mad. <laughs> and this is coming from the fact that I have had a baby. And I know the stress. I don't, I'm not just talking out of my ass. And I know how those nights and how long they are. And I know for sure I will not do it alone ever. And that's that's on me saying it. If I'm not getting someone supportive to help me with, I would rather not. I cannot do it alone. I cannot go through what I went through. You know? And so... Um, those those moments the first two years oh yeah so how the postpartum so for the six months that i was home so i stayed home for six months and then i had to go back to uni 
for school and uh, I was still so miserable I still hated I hated the fact that I had these responsibilities I can't say I hated my baby but I just didn't show affection I was cold towards him you know and so they didn't ask for it that's the saddest part he didn't ask to be here you know he didn't ask and so like and now I, I was completely now completely broken up with my baby daddy so it was done so literally now I was alone save for my mom who held the baby and this and this who you know back to uni after the six months and now now that I was interacting with people now that I was back still kind of shame because I was going back to the same school and now guys are like I knew you were pregnant I could tell by this this is I'm like well you should have said it then no you've lost it I mean you could say that now because you know I have a baby now but me still reuniting with my old mates and that kind of opened me up a bit. It's like sunshine after a cold season. You know how you just soften and open up. Yeah, I just felt now I was, I was getting back to myself. I was going back to myself. And that's when I realized something was terribly wrong. Something was going on that I, I couldn't understand. And much later, I think on the internet hearing people talking about the postpartum depression and blah blah and I was like yo wait a minute I think I had that shit you know I think I think I went through that so yeah um, I went back to uni still I mean not feeling like myself again so but still kind of distant with my kid still mm-mm. you know and also now, my, my my friends who are in the same class as me, you know, I had a clique, you know, when you are young, you had cliques. Um, I think they were now, six months is two semesters. They were like two semesters ahead of me now, so first they finished. And I was alone. And I hated the fact that I had to um, hang out with youngins. I think all this was in my head because what's wrong being the same class as youngins despite the fact that they're very childish um, but if I ignored the, that fact I would have gone on with school you know so I didn't go on I, I, I struggled with school now a lot more and that's also around the same time that I even tried going for evening classes blah blah so now let's say after six months I hung out with my my friends for like two semesters I think until they they graduated or something and then now I was now alone you know and so now by then it got to like after two years I'm not even sure how this timeline is going but then two years after breastfeeding now now it's 2015 yeah I just had to worry less and going oh shout out to drake you know so in my opinion what was happening to me was like oh finally 
you know now literally what they say when you're breastfeeding is when they're like what you eat now is what your baby eats literally you know so you had to be careful what you put in your body and all that you know and now I was done I was a free I was free and so I started drinking I started smoking I started this and that I started going out started experimenting with drugs and all that shit and I never f- saw that was a problem then because I thought like oh, I did my time so that was a mistake I made thinking that there's a rest in motherhood thinking that there's a break thinking that oh, you've done your time you can take it you can take it low and slow up now no I mean that's also now the moment the work begins because now this person is developing and they're developing emotionally and they're developing intellectually that you know they're picking up habits now is crazier time i mean it's, it's from birth but then now it's like they're now more and more aware and this is when you're absent and so i i i just started going out more you know and more and more and missing some nights and that was a long three years so that was the three years that I got into drinking and addiction so literally when I tell people that my addiction took three years to go full blown you know the whole incubation period and all mine went full blown full blown (laughs) god mine went full blown in just three years and uh, I think maybe it went harm you know I just went crazy you know it's just madness if I think about it that was some I mean this it gets me back to the point where um was my life supposed to go like this or did I make it go like this you know but I am really one of those people who are accountable for my action so i will speak and say i made those choices and i carved that path and i and i made that bed you know it's what they say Siji, you you made the bed now slay lay it i did just that you know and so i think well is this gonna be like a life story podcast so now we're here where uh, my baby's two years old and now i'm going out i'm doing experimenting with drugs I'm staying over I'm staying a night or two nights you know I don't care I just come hi you're good you know and this kid is like they need their mommy you know they they need my love so this is where my mom stepped in also I mean shout out to her I have put that woman through a hell of a lot, honest to God. I hope that I make it, if there's a way I can pay her back, if there is. But I feel like every day that I'm sober, every day that I'm responsible for my kid is like me paying her back because this is what she wanted more than anything during that time, you know. And, um, yeah, so, we'll hook. I'm on the 31st minute so we'll go on now how I got into addiction and how addiction just doesn't you know like 
I'll keep saying it because I say it again because it's a line I resonate with. You know that Chris Kiger song where he goes, we started out slow, nearly quadrum levy. So it happens like this, that we all start at the same time. We all start experimenting at the same time. We all start doing this and this and that. But like addiction is um, also genetic. So some of us, let's say me, I am genetically predisposed to be an addict. But I don't know that. So we all do it the same way. But then in a thicker point, I am struggling with this. But other people aren't. You know, them, they can control their liquor. Them, they can still function and still drink and still, you know, do all this and that. So yeah, we'll think we'll talk about that in my next um, podcast. Let me see how I can edit this one and make it proper. Well, I just hope it comes out great, and I hope I'm not—I've not been breathing like a horse. <laughs>